0: Hey friend, you're listening to Live Free with That PCOS Coach, which is me, Letitia Bates. I'm your host. I'm a functional health coach and nutritionist, a former nurse, and current nutrition major. And this is my station where I shed light on polycystic ovary syndrome. You'll hear from PCOS spotters as they share their personal stories, and from experts to learn all things PCOS, fitness, and health.
1: Welcome back to Live Free with That PCOS Coach, and I'm your host, Letitia Bates, also known as That PCOS Coach, and today I am coming at you riding solo. It's just me today, but I'm really excited to talk to you about today's topic, which is going to be PCOS Advocacy Day. And before we dive into today's topic, I do want to say I am recording from my dining room right now, which is a really large open space compared to my office. I'm doing some um, do-it-yourself home improvements in my office and so currently I am in the dining room so I hope the sound quality is just as good. If it's not let me just apologize right now. I am sorry. (laughs) Um, Also before we dive into today's episode I wanted to share by the time that you're listening to this I have launched the That PCOS Crash Course. And I, um, and I just totally just like, dropped the word coach in that. So it's actually <laughs> titled that PCOS coach crash course. Oh my gosh, you guys, as you could tell, I'm just a real person. Um, not perfect over here. So <laughs> I'm going to give myself some compassion and ask for your grace. But On to the crash course. This is a project that I have been working on for such a long time. Um, If you have ever worked with me in the past and went through my eight-week health coaching program um, then you're very familiar with what all of that entails. And essentially, I wanted to compile that information into a self paced option for people that could purchase the program, download it instantly, start on their own time, and go through it on their own time as well. So, what the crash course actually includes is there's going to be a nutrition guide along with nutrition information and education so that you can make the best choices for you and your PCOS but there's also going to be PCOS friendly meal ideas. What I hear the most often is I struggle with coming up with you know, ideas for breakfast or snacks or so on. Um, so there is a huge list of different ideas for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack. Now also with the nutrition guide is going to be a workout guide. And this can be done in the home or in the gym, depending on what level you're at. Like you can truly make this your own. There is a guide that shows you how to create your own workout or There's already pre-made workouts in there, including tutorial videos so that you understand how to perform the exercises safely and effectively, and education on movement and exercise, especially when it comes to PCOS as well. Now, I'm very big on the education piece, especially since so many people who are living with PCOS don't get the education that they deserve when they are diagnosed. So there are tons of education modules packed into this course for you. There is a topic known as uh, hormones. We're going to talk about gut health, blood sugar management, stress sleep, inflammation, and so much more. So this is all packed in there with evidence-based information. But I also wanted to add in labs that you can uh, request from your provider, including the ranges. So when you get those results, what are you looking for? Especially if you've never had labs done before, or you just don't understand them, that's going to be explained in this course, along with a huge list of supplements uh, for PCOS and PCOS related symptoms. So what I often find are people just tend to purchase supplements if they are marketed for PCOS without understanding what the supplement actually is um, targeting, what it, what its function actually is. So you'll receive a supplement guide that's going to label the supplement along with what its function is, what the recommended dosage is, along with any side effects as well. So as you can tell, this is such an all-inclusive program and I am definitely running promo codes um, during the launch weekend. But if you are listening to this after the launch, then there will be discounts all through the month of April. So hopefully you got here in time and you can get your discounts. It is available on my website at www.thatpcoscoach.com. Um, and like I said, it's instant and self-paced. So what that means is as soon as you purchase it, you can download it instantly. You'll you'll be sent a link that's available for 24 hours. You must download it within that time frame. But once you have it, there's over 200 pages, and it is yours to keep. So it's there for you to do at your own pace, or you can come back to it at any time. But now, let's get into today's topic. I am so excited to talk about this topic because I feel like this is something that many people are not aware of, and that is PCOS Advocacy Day. So. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with the nonprofit organization PCOS challenge, but this is the organization that you probably hear me talk about pretty often, because I am on the patient advisory board. Uh, I am the chair of the awareness committee there, and I also uh, advocate through PCOS challenge so uh, PCOS challenges is the largest nonprofit for the PCOS community. And this makes the fourth year that they have allowed us the opportunity to have what is known as PCOS Advocacy Day. So each year in March, um, we have something called PCOS Advocacy Day. And I really want to explain to you what that is, what it entails, because... Something that I hear really often is the complaint about, you know, how PCOS is so destructive to so many different lives. It's so common, yet we are not seen, we are not heard, and no one is doing anything about it. But I wanted to offer you the, the empowerment to know that there is an opportunity for you to become someone to do something about it. And also there are advocates that are definitely pioneers in the community trying to change the future for PCOS. So this year, which is 2021, was our largest ever turnout at PCOS Advocacy Day. Now this is greatly part due to the fact that we are all living in a current pandemic and we uh, did not do this event live on ground. Typically it is held in Washington DC on Capitol Hill at the house and at the Senate. You're actually there in the offices and and meeting these people in person. But this year it was held virtually to ensure the safety of all the advocates and the uh, congressional offices as well but we had 245 advocates. That is patients and providers together Fighting for this community like that is huge like that it's just like my heart just wants to burst when i hear about that number 47 united states um, states and territories were actually represented so hopefully next year we will get all 50 of it so maybe you're listening to this right now put it on your calendar march 22 <laughs> be there and help us advocate for the pcos community So we can get all 50 states and then those U.S. territories as well. And we were able to meet with 237 congressional offices. So What is Advocacy Day? What am I talking about? So this is the one time per year that PCOS advocates, patients and providers alike, will meet with congressional offices representing typically your home state. So I am a Tennessee state member, so I typically will meet with the representatives of the state of Tennessee. Um, You meet with them and Basically, this is our time to have the floor, to have the opportunity for our voices to be heard. We get to greet them, we get to educate them on what PCOS is, and share them our story so that they understand the impact that PCOS has on our lives or the lives of others, and ask them to support our community more. And the reason why we need more support, if you haven't already noticed, we are not well supported. So um, the medical community is definitely, definitely lacking. Um, there isn't as much funding for research. There isn't enough treatment options. There's not enough education. Just across the board, we need more support. But the way that we get that is by uh, definitely educating these congressional offices and getting them to pass laws and support us in different areas. So um, what actually entails during PCOS Advocacy Day in case you ever want to join us in the future or you're just curious like what we're actually doing when we are attending PCOS Advocacy Day? So um, there is a small fee, I believe this year and last year both it was $25 and this is to just cover administrative costs PCOS challenge does an amazing job of setting everything up for us um, and making sure that you feel well prepared before going into these meetings. Um, one thing I would just recommend if you ever get the opportunity to travel to Washington, D.C. and go to PCOS Advocacy Day when it's live on the ground, I absolutely adore it because for what, like, you, you get to meet um, all the, the members of the PCUS Challenge. You get to meet people and make long-lasting friendships. You're going to hear stories that just, you know, send chills up your spine. And you're going to feel this sense of community. And just, you know, me personally, it's like, ah, oh, this is where I belong. I found my people. Um, And so, like, I have truly made lifelong connections, Um, from the people that I have met at PCOS Advocacy Day. But we have a training. So maybe you have never done anything when it comes to like, you know, meeting uh, members of Congress. You don't even know about politics. You don't even know like what, what advocacy is. Trust me, I've been there. I was like so illiterate when it came to politics. I remember my first training uh, for PC with Advocacy Day. I was literally Googling words like caucus and bipartisan <laughs> and things like that because I was so clueless. So, um, I just want to share that because if you think, oh, I'm, I'm not, you know, equipped to advocate for PCOS, that's just absolutely not true. Anyone can do it. Um, And that's because PCOS Challenge does a training. So this year was a little bit different. Typically, training is is the day before PCOS Advocacy Day. And we're all in the room together, learning together, listening to different speakers, listening to different um, PCOS experts and doctors in the field. But this year, uh, we still got to do all of that. But we just did it virtually, which was was interesting. But uh, I think it was super helpful. There were two different days that you could attend. And then, of course, they were recorded for you to watch at a later time. Um, if you were unable to make that but this way you truly understand um, how to advocate what is expected of you how to talk to these congressional uh, members and we also get to meet with uh, staffers that that work for some of these congressional offices who kind of walk us through the do's and don'ts so that you feel truly comfortable. Um, Now, another thing that we get to do is practice your two-minute story, and the two-minute story, this is for patients and providers, but honestly... This is just your PCOS story. So a big part of this is, of course, to get more support from these congressional offices. But the way that we do that is share our compelling stories and we all have one. So uh, we go through, uh, there's an amazing guide of how you can create your own two-minute story. And then you can practice that with the other advocates or practice it on your own, whatever you feel comfortable with. So that way, when Advocacy Day comes up, and you are in these meetings, you are, you know, well prepared to tell your story and really touch the hearts of these Congress members. Okay, so I'm just gonna walk you through what the typical meeting is like so that you understand how advocate how advocates are actually fighting for this PCOS community, but also, you know, if you're interested in joining us in the years to come, which I would highly recommend, this this is typically how it goes. So we enter the meeting and uh, you're obviously going to greet them, um, be be kind, um, you know, if you were in person, you may shake hands, but obviously this, this year we were on Zoom a lot of times, or we were on the phone. So we were just, you know, thank you for your time. Thank you for meeting with us. Um, And then we usually ask them, you know, do you know much about PCOS? One thing I noted this year compared to the, the year prior was, more of the congressional offices knew about PCOS than they did prior. Now, one thing I do want to mention, sometimes you will actually meet your state representatives. Sometimes you're meeting with their staffers, so, uh, which would be like an assistant for their office. So sometimes you're meeting um, you know, one of their staffers. And it, I remember going into my first meeting, I was super nervous, but honestly, it is more comfortable in the meeting than you would think it would be. So don't, don't let your nerves get the best of you. Um, So you ask them if they know about PCOS and then if they don't, or maybe they share a little bit about what they do know, we just spend like one to two minutes, giving them an overview of what PCOS is um, or adding to that conversation. If they do share that, they know about PCOS. So Throughout this meeting, you more often than not are not going to be alone, especially if you are a new advocate. You're not going to be in the meeting by yourself. You're going to be in there with someone who has advocated before. And prior to the meeting, you will probably go over who is going to do X, Y, and Z. Who is going to ask for this? Who is going to ask for that? Yada, yada, yada. So you will know when it's your time to speak, and when to jump into the conversation. Uh, So after we greet them, we give them that PCOS overview. Now it's time to start sharing those two-minute stories so that we get them compelled. Um, We get them to understand the importance of why we need more support and why we're passionate about advocating like we are. And then we ask them for what we are coming into that meeting for. And honestly, I'm just gonna go down the list of what we asked for this year in the 2021 PCOS Advocacy Day. So um, the first ask is to prioritize the fiscal year of 22 PCOS report language, okay? so. What that just basically means for the year 22, the PCOS report language would encourage these organizations to investigate the risk of severe coronavirus infection in the PCOS patient population and a strong overlap of risk factors for both worsening PCOS cardiometabolic manifestation and like severe COVID-19. So this language would encourage those organizations to report on research conducted on PCOS and its impact on cardiometabolic health. And COVID-19 or coronavirus. So uh, right now, research is definitely booming for COVID-19 slash coronavirus, however you want to phrase that. And so by asking them to agree and sign off on this PCOS report language will help us get more support to see uh, the research on PCOS specifically with COVID-19. That's huge, you guys, like absolutely huge. Now, the next ask, which I think this one's really interesting, and a lot of you may not be aware of how this works, but the next ask is to co-sponsor the 2021 PCOS Awareness Month resolution. So if you have ever noticed during the month of September, a lot of PCOS advocates, providers, content creators, we are booming and talking about, PCOS Awareness Month. And what a lot of people don't know is that all 50 states have to sign off on this resolution for us to be able to dedicate September as PCOS Awareness Month. So that has to be signed off by all 50 states. It's not just something that we jumped on Instagram or on social media and was like, hey, let's just pick this month and make it PCOS Awareness Month. No, this is being fought for. And it's not a one and done situation. This has to be fought for every year. So like last year at PCOS Advocacy Day, we had to ask them to co-sponsor the 2020 PCOS Awareness Month resolution. This year we're asking for it to be for the 2021 PCOS Awareness Month resolution and we will do it in 22, 23 and so on. So every single year PCOS advocates are meeting congressional offices asking them to co-sponsor our Awareness Month resolution so that we can continue to dedicate September as PCOS Awareness Month. Um, And that's going to recognize the critical need for greater awareness. It's also gonna help us increase research and improve the care um, of the PCOS community. I know a lot of times people say, we don't need just awareness. We need uh, acceptance. We need more research. We need this, we need that. It starts with awareness. They have to be aware of the issue, aware of the problem. We have to be seen We have to be heard before we can move on to the next step. And being able to designate an entire month and the way that conversations around PCOS have grown so much year after year it is just absolutely amazing to see so it is definitely working it is definitely helping and this is something that the PCOS advocates have been fighting for Um, I believe this would be only the fourth year that that has been fought for PCOS has definitely came up in Congress before but not to the intensity that it has over the last four years so if that gives you any idea of like how far we are behind and how much much we need PCOS advocates and how important it is. Um, Just know that this is truly only the fourth year that the PCOS community has ever really been fought hard for. Okay, so moving on to the next ask is the, to ask the uh, congressional offices to join the bipartisan congressional PCOS caucus. Now this is where I was definitely in the training and like Googling bipartisan congressional caucus. (laughs) What is this? What does that mean? But ultimately, the Bipartisan Congressional PCOS Caucus will promote bipartisan legislative and policy solutions that are going to help improve our health outcomes for people that are living with PCOS. It's going to help reduce the economic burden on the United States because of this disorder and address these gaps that we have currently in PCOS education, treatment options, care and research. Um, So this is a huge ask. Okay, and this is one of those asks that like people are often, you know, like no one's doing anything. No one cares. No one's, you know, like my my doctors or providers aren't educated. You know, there's there's no other treatment options and so on. We are fighting for it. We are fighting really, really hard. And just like this year alone, you had 245 advocates meeting 237 congressional offices asking them for support in this area. So um, we usually spend a good bit of time, anywhere from two to four minutes talking about that and why it's important. Um, a lot of times it's really great when our providers come in and just share you know, what they need, what they experience and how we just need more support in this area. Then moving on to the last ask of the meeting, Um, This one is where we asked them to sign on to the letter supporting PCOS to be included in the NIH research um, RCDC reporting. And RCDC stands for Research, Condition, and Disease Categories. And currently, the NIH has about 290 categories for different conditions and diseases that are uh, reporting to Congress and and the public for research. And PCOS is not on that list. Like how insane and how crazy is that? Um, It is one of the most common, you know, disorders. um, And we need it to be on that list. So when we are in this meeting, we are asking them, can you please sign on to this letter to support PCOS being induced on the NIH RCDC reporting? Um, Then after we get those asked, Um, you may not necessarily know, you're probably not going to know that day if that representative is going to sign off on all these things that you've asked for. Um, sometimes you can tell by how the energy was during the meeting, if it was really positive or if you're just like, eh, I don't, I don't know how they, how well they responded to that meeting. Um, But for the most part, we are definitely getting increased encouragement and support. Um, During your training, you are also giving some uh, demographic information about your state representative, including the like last uh, X amount of years, whether or not they did support the certain ask that we are asking for, which is also a really great speaking point. So like if one of the representatives supported us last year for the PCOS Awareness Month resolution. I could always use that During the meeting, and be like, thank you so much for supporting us for the 2020 PCOS Awareness Month resolution. We would really love it if you could support us again with this year's resolution. Um, So it is just, you know, you're truly uh, supported in the training and you're truly prepared. And then you get into these meetings, you get to share your story, you get to educate these congressional offices on the importance of PCOS and ask them these, like, really huge things is that it's going to change the future of our community and you guys like I just cannot think of a better feeling at the end of the day of just knowing that I fought for millions of people worldwide living for living with PCOS um, just by showing up sharing my story Educating these offices on PCOS and asking them to support us in these different areas. And then, of course, at the end, we always thank them. Um, We follow up with them later on and go from there. So that is PCOS Advocacy Day, the meeting. And one of the things I wanted to do before we wrap up this episode is share with you Um, the PCOS one sheet that we get from PCOS Challenge. So, you know, maybe if you don't specifically have PCOS yourself or you don't feel as fully knowledgeable about PCOS, PCOS Challenge gives us what we call a one sheet and you'll get this during your training. So it includes a lot of like super helpful um, statistics information that you can use during your meeting to educate those congressional offices. And I just wanted to go through and I wanted to, um, there's about six different um, statistics and things that I wanted to share with you just because as the general public, you may not even be aware of some of these things as well. Um, So I'm just going to go through the list. So PCOS affects 10 to 15% of women or people born with female reproductive organs. It is currently the leading cause of infertility in females. Um, 50% of people with PCOS become diabetic or pre-diabetic before the age of 40. And the unfortunate thing about that is sometimes people aren't even diagnosed until their their 20s, 30s, and 40s. Um, Women with PCOS are two times more likely to be hospitalized, and 50% of people with PCOS are going undiagnosed or misdiagnosed, which is a huge problem because diagnosis is really important because the earlier we know the sooner we can get treatment and management to reduce our risk down the road, such as diabetes or becoming pre-diabetic. Now, currently, it is estimated that there is a 4.3 billion, billion with a B, <laughs> estimated annual cost to the American healthcare system burden to diagnose and treat people living with PCOS. So, um, you know, that is, that is that's a huge uh, economic burden on the the healthcare of the United States. And I can just only imagine if we had more support and more treatment options, um, we could definitely see that number going down. Uh, People with PCOS are three times more likely to end up with endometrial cancer. And um, also, and you know, I don't share this stuff to, to fear monger or scare you. I think it, something that we all need to be educated on so that we can take our PCOS seriously and also uh, share with others like how serious our condition really is. But PCOS in pregnancy is associated with increased risk of gestational diabetes, preeclampsia, pregnancy-induced hypertension, preterm delivery, cesarean delivery miscarriage and fetal and infant death um and those are those are really scary things so I totally understand the fear around that but that just also shows um our congressional offices like why this is so important and we need to be heard we need to be seen and we need to be supported and then of course now this year um you know COVID-19 studies suggest that with PCOS, um, we may be at an at a increased risk for severe COVID-19 outcomes, which is also scary in itself. Um, so we just need, we need support from from our congressional offices uh, for all of those asks, um, including that PCOS Report Language, uh, PCOS Awareness Month, including it in the NIH research, making sure that it's on that RCDC, and then also just supporting our Congressional PCOS Caucus so that we can, you know, uh, address these gaps that we truly have in PCOS care. Um, so I hope you found today's um, podcast episode Educational. Um, I feel like PCOS Advocacy Day, even though it's growing year after year, it's just something that a lot of people are not aware of. And um, I hope next March, when we have 22 PCOS Advocacy Day, you can join along. I always do my best to talk about it at least a month prior so that people can just be empowered and educated. Um, So if (laughs) I may be speaking to you in the future, so if it is 22 and we're getting ready for Advocacy Day, I may have shared this podcast with you so that you can understand the process and what advocacy day actually is. But if you are listening to it now in the current year of 21, um, I hope this encourages and empowers you to join us next year. And also, I hope it brings a little bit more comfort knowing that there is a whole army of people on the ground fighting for our community. Um, So that is all for today's episode. Of course, if you want to be featured on the podcast and share your PCOS story, or if you have questions or anything, all of my information will be in the show notes. I hope you take
0: care of yourself. Thanks for joining this episode on Live Free with That PCOS coach. If you have any questions or if you want to share your story on the show, you can email me at thatpcoscoach at gmail.com. I also want to take this time to ask you, if you're loving the show, could you please rate and review? This really helps the podcast reach more people like you within the PCOS community. Until next time, best wishes, my friends.